Today we talk complex arrangements and the subtle art of talking directly to the child as we speak with Emily Hu on Benny Asking People Questions. guest is, well, with two albums and a single, the term newcomer feels reasonably inappropriate. However, their career, as with everyone else's, has been very much interrupted by a global pandemic, just as it was really beginning. However, within this, she has been able to really place herself in the world of online in a way not too many people have, somehow staying quite unique on a platform that is desperately saturated. However, as I journeyed deeper into her music, I began to get a sense as to why. She has such a distinct nature about her and her delivery that even as an adult, it was hard for me not to feel completely welcomed and heard. So I can only imagine what that kind of respect must feel like for a child. It is rare. It's really, really rare. And it was strangely refreshing to be gently reminded of what makes great performers for children great. I am talking about, of course, about Emily Who, and she joins me here today. <laughs> Hi, Emily. Hello. Wow. Thank you so much for an introduction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this better be real good, Emily. Oh, I know. I feel a bit of pressure now. No, that's oh, that's just so delightful. But it's very true. I mean, I think one of the things which I'll get to a bit later on and go into more detail, but I was really deeply struck by the presence in which you perform. Um, it's It's inviting in a way... And I, I don't know if this is going to sound like an insult, or it's not. It's very Mr. Rogers. There's this idea that it feels really personalised. You can't help but feel really invited into what you're saying, and you feel like it is very personal, and it is actually really rare. But we will get to that later. But first off, I guess it's probably only fair that you'd sort of give us a bit of a rundown on who you are because you do wear many different hats. And I know you trod the boards with one of the industry's finest, Jay Lagaya. Um, how did that come about? And I guess more importantly, what, what, what did that kind of experience do for you? What did it, what did it present for you? Oh, look, uh, being that, that show is called Jay's Jungle. And when I got cast in that, it was basically the mass, most it was basically a game changer um, in, in so many levels for me. So I had just graduated from drama school and... Where did you go? Uh, Actors Centre Australia. Because yeah. um, I might go for some funding, see if they can sponsor the podcast. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, great. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, finished drama school at Actors Centre Australia and all I wanted to do was do theatre and for children or just theatre? Just theatre. Yeah. I wanted to be an actor. I still want to be an actor. Yeah. And uh, ultimate dream, Shakespeare at the Globe in London. So I finished drama school kind of going, oh, look, TV and stuff isn't really for me. At that point, I didn't really have any of the kids stuff. Mm. I mean, I l liked reading stories to my nieces and nephews yep. and things like that, but I hadn't kind of clued into yeah. that's where it I was wasn't heading. it wasn't the four-year vision of going to actors no, school no that's right no. no I went I went I, to I educated school. as a teacher and being a child performer still wasn't on my aspirations either so I don't feel like people wake up wanting to do it yeah yeah so I so it was it was all about wanting to be an actor um and then I was lucky enough so yeah not even in film and tv so I had kind of like I just want to do theater um and then I auditioned and got this amazing role on Jay's Jungle, which is a TV show mm. with Jay Lagaya. And I, I had epic imposter syndrome. I just was literally looking at the door, waiting for somebody to come in and go, yeah, You've oh, got the wrong girl. Sorry. It's not her. <laughs> oh, did you think you got cut? Oh, sorry. Oh, that's a bit awkward. So I, I really, I really struggled and I really, um, that was really where how I learnt so much. How I long? Learnt, how long on the show for? Uh, it was two seasons. So, um, and I, I there's another girl playing the other ranger yeah. on the show. So, all up, I think I did about sixty five episodes, and I just and I also got to work with other amazing um, performers, puppeteers, mm. Matt McCoy and um, Emma DeVries, who were like up there um, puppeteers. Mm. So I learnt from them as well, and and. So working with those people, but also being under the pressure of having to learn the lines, having to deal with being on set, 
knowing which camera to look at, at the same time as looking down the barrel of the camera to the kid on the other side of the TV and communicating with them or inviting them to do this craft or whatever was it was so challenging. And and that, I mean, learning from Jay, who'd been on play school for mm. a billion years and, and he was really gracious in the way that he helped me kind of get into that groove. But that was when I really kind of learnt about, one, just being able to kind of, it was okay, you know, just kind of relax and 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 focus on that. Focus on all I've got to do is focus on. Mm. I'm talking to that kid on the other side of the TV, and and if I can just talk to them, then it's so much. Because I always we had kids on set one day, and I was like, oh, this is so much easier when there's children here <laughs> because I can actually talk to them. So that was I actually went. So I'm rambling a little bit, but I actually went to a preschool. Um, when I got the job, I went, to, I called the local preschool and I said, hi, I've just got this job. I'm wondering if I could kind of just hang out with your kids yeah. and play with them. And, and I did. And so I had a few days kind of self. Was that the method actor in you? Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I think, I think I just wanted to kind of remind myself as well because of the imposter syndrome, remind myself that I am really good with kids mm. and that I can do it. Today, would you like to come and play? We can dress up who we want to be. Won't you come along with me? Who is Emily today? But the thing is that that job helped me as an actor. Um, you know, I've since been on other uh, the television shows and, and done other film acting or TV acting. But it also helped me in terms of the children's stuff because mm. I came out of that and went, oh, I love this. Mm. I love it and I think I'm good at it and it fills me in a way that nothing else does. Um, and so I, yeah, I came out of that and then literally I got, I, I, Emily Who started because somebody who I'd worked with at drama school had seen me on it. Her partner, Robin, who's one one of my team, had worked with um, Justine Clark and the Wiggles and stuff back in the day and was having the vibe on doing a new children's Mm. album, literally said to Lisa, his partner, hey, do you know anyone? She went, yeah, I've just seen Emily and she's on this Jay's Jungle thing. And then I got this phone call literally out of the blue. I was on tour performing poetry at the time and so I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't even at home. I just got this call from Lisa who I hadn't spoken to in years. She's like, hey, would you would you be interested in, in um, writing a children's album? And I was like, what? Do you write music though? Like is this like just completely... Oh, I'm a musician as well. So I, yeah. I play the flute. Oh, yeah, of course. And you I do, teach yes. and I teach flute as well, um, as my kind of bread and butter job. Um, so it's not it's not like completely out of nowhere to sit down and then craft a children's song. No, no. I'd done I'd done a bit of music before and a bit of singing before and there was singing and stuff on Jay's Jungle as well. Um and they did I mean, Lisa did say to me, look you can kind of come on board as just the face of it or if you'd like to because you're a musician would you like to kind of be part of the writing and and so um so then and then the team was formed Robin Gist which is Lisa's partner and um Peter Bailey who's got a lot of experience with writing music and stuff as well so yeah and so that's how kind of Emily who happened it, it came out of Jay's Jungle and so I feel like Jay's Jungle was just I just so lucky to get that job because it just and was that quite early out of acting college? Yeah, like a year. Wow. Or so, yeah. So, I mean, I have this theory. I have this theory that on actors' Wikipedia pages, it says things like, oh, Emily um, graduated from drama school and then she got this job and then she was Emily who and then she did this and then she did this. Whereas in reality, yeah. there's like a five-year yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of thing. but. But truly, it's a classic overnight success. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, really, it was. It was. It was a year or less after graduating wow. that I that I landed that job, and then, as I say, it was two seasons. Now we know how to count to ten. Would you like to do it again?
I know a game that we can play and we get to count in a special way. When you're presented with the idea of doing Emily Who, was it was it at the time, I mean, you're, you're, you're cruising around the Australia reading poetry. Yeah, in high schools, yeah. Was it, was it a kind of a moment of a bit like, oh, I kind of am into this, sure, I'll give it a go? Or was it a little bit like, actually, you know what, I, I had such a joyous experience doing what I did with Jay's Jungle that this actually feels really natural for me to do this. Because I also know as an actor, and, and, and not to take anything away from it, but you are always kind of hunting for the next job, so mm. to speak. So when Emily Hill was presented to you, was it, for you initially, was it an idea to go, okay, well, this is another way to extend myself? No. Or had someone said, would you like to come be in our jazz band? <laughs> or would you like to come and join our gypsy thing? No, it was... You might have gone, nah, you know what, I'm pretty busy doing this other stuff. At the risk of sounding vaguely loopy, it was like that whole manifesting thing. Yeah, sure. Like I lit, I, I, I literally finished Jay's Jungle. Oh, wait, I'd only done one season, I think, at that point. And, and we were going into a second one. Yeah, because we did the second one at the end of 2017. Um, and I, And I... It was like I had thought... Gee, I really, I feel like I need to follow this children's stuff. I really love it. it it's fulfilling me in a way that nothing has ever done. I, 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 you know, I wonder if I can get on play school. Um, I wonder, you know, I wonder, like, maybe I should really start to do that. And then this phone call happened. And they say, mm. look, don't wait for the phone to ring. But it rang. <laughs> and it was Lisa. And, and don't you wait know, for the phone to ring, but certainly don't wait for it to stop ringing. No, that's <laughs> like, right. Pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, like, and it wasn't like, hey, come and be Emily Who and sign this contract and we're going to make millions. It was, hey, it's kind of going to be like some mates hanging around in a room writing mm. songs for kids. And that's mm. what it is. Yeah. And... I mean, I it just, I mean, so lucky that the team, the three of us work so well together as well. And that was always, you know, that's always a risk when you start doing something for the first time with other people. Yeah. Are you going to work together? How's it, what's going to, you know, are we all following the same vision? It wasn't called Emily Who, it was just... I think, I think the other thing with children's music as well is you kind of, like if you want to put together a play or something or even music for grown-ups... There's a certain amount of it's project based. You do it and you go, Great, that was a great experience. Kinda of sucked working with you, so I'm not gonna do that again. Thanks for coming. That was excellent. We made, you know, whatever. Mm. Whereas I guess with kids things, there's a little bit more consideration that's gotta go on it because you kinda of gotta not prepare for a longevity, but you sort of can't just drop an album and disappear. You've kinda of got to do the second one and you kinda of got to establish who you are. Mm. Um Yes, it is important that you like the people that you work with. But yeah, but I mean, but we work so well together Mm. and because we have really specific skill sets. So usually, usually I kind of write the lyrics. We we come up with a concept together. I write the lyrics and then often they're too poetry or too too, um, poetic or too like wordy. So then I take it to them and we usually kind of... (laughs) Make it less so. Although Peter Bailey does a lot of the lyrics now as well, and then and then we'll kind of yeah hang out, write a tune, do a rough recording on iPhone, mm. and then and then put it together, and then Rob's our kind of um, engineer and mix does all the mixing and mastering and. Pets are great. Pets are sweet. All of the pets along my street Pets are great You know it's true And if you take care of your pets They'll take care of you I love So basically you start your career as many do with a Christmas release <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Um but weirdly, this Christmas release kind of to me sounded like it was or had already been around for about 60 years. I don't know, it's just something really straight. And I think there's something about the music in general that you're writing. I don't know if it's the orchestration or if it's the the way everything's arranged. You know, just it was it was Carols by Candle. I don't know, it was a really odd thing. But oh, why why Carols start? by Candlelight, if you're listening, please <laughs> employ me. <laughs> so why so what why why that? Why was that the just because it was Christmas time you thought I just love that you're asking this question because it's the funniest story. So I I had just started doing Emily Who stuff. I was in that kind of mode. At the same time I had a singing teacher. Um who was really wonderful and she actually 
oh, she was really helpful in getting me um, Jay's Jungle. Like I filmed part of my audition at her house mm. and she was, you know, really helpful with the kids stuff. Um, and it's actually how I was introduced to Lala's band as well because she was like, oh, yeah, this is great. You should watch some other people. And Anyway, um, so I was learning singing from her and then she had a friend, somebody that she knew who was running the carols um, service at Asquith Public School and... And her friend had said, oh, do you know any children's performers? We really need someone to come and sing something at, oh, no, actually, I don't even think it was children's performance. I think it was just we no, need somebody, 81. we need a singer, another singer to go on our set list for Asquith <laughs> Public School carols. And so I rang this lady and I said, oh, you, yeah, I, I would love to. Actually, I'm a children's performer. Um, and... Uh, and so I would love to sing one of my songs. And we only had two or three at this mm -hmm. point. Uh, is that possible? You know, maybe I could do a couple of Christmas carols and then could I sing one of my own songs? Because it was also for free. So I wasn't getting paid. <laughs> so I was kind of like, maybe I can start my Emily Who thing, you know, bargaining. Yeah. And, and she went, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do you have any Christmas songs? Yeah. And I went... I could write one. Every year the lights appear Twinkling lots of Christmas cheer The smell of trees and cookies fresh Singing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer Merry Christmas Literally within, I don't know, a few weeks, we came yeah, up with yeah. this Christmas song. So we literally wrote it for that event. Yeah, I think that's actually a pretty common thing um, with kids' things because you get around to it and they, and they go, we want Christmas stuff, and you're like, oh, okay, fine, I'll go write a Christmas song. <laughs> but I mean, I'm we, guilty of it. I've done it. It was just crazy because we, I wasn't even, I, I was literally a nobody in that world. Mm. And and then it was like, okay, well, we're going to write a Christmas song. And then we thought, oh, well, we better make a video clip so in my front room we got we got a big green screen sheet thing and we filmed a video clip in between my flute teaching I remember I had teaching in the morning had to come back here filming for a bit then I had to go back and teach left the guys here came Jeez. back again and so it was just this thing of trying to throw happy it together holidays. happy holidays merry christmas and happy holidays What that song did do, I think, musically, is it really set the tone of what's to come. Because I think mm. a lot of the Emily, Emily Who stuff is, uh, it's. I don't even know if orchestral's really the word, but they're very large. There's big arrangements in these mm. songs, and they're actually really complex. There's a lot of stuff that you just kind of go, what? Like, it's really, and, you know, it's quite contradictory to the way that you might be presenting the vocals, which is kind of what makes it really special. But they are quite complex. I mean, is that – who's that? Is that all of you? Uh, Peter Bailey is the guy that puts all the right. orchestration together. Yeah, he's – it's just amazing. Yeah, so many notes it, he plays kind on of, that album. It kind of really yeah. is. Like it's yeah. really quite astounding. Yeah, so that's that's pretty much all his brain. We we kind of have – like together we come up with the with – the, um, general kind of vibe um, and he and Rob certainly spend more time on that kind of thing mm. than I do. I mostly focus on the words and the performance of it. Um, and and obviously we all work as a team in terms of he'll come up with something and send it through to us and mm. then we can give feedback and, and you know, if something sounds too much or too little. I mean, there was one song that we wrote that we we went through several several versions of it before it came to what it was just because it was too much and it, you know, or, or it was, yeah, but he, he is, he is brilliant. So yeah. So I, let's credit him. Yeah, fully okay. for all and okay, so and well, can I give him a call? Yeah. Um, well, cause it, it, it's interesting that you talk about the songwriting thing because I wonder you, you kind of, we, we sort of then move on to who is Emily 
Um, you introduced us with Who Was Emily. Sorry, what's the first album? Who Was Emily? It's called uh, A Day for Adventure. A Day for Adventure. And that the first song on that is um, is Who Is Emily Today. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. And this is a song that I kind of found can kind of go either way. It's kind of, you know, it could be about imagination or it could also be a song about ambition and belief, you know, and empowerment. But then the rest of the album doesn't necessarily subscribe to either of those concepts. It almost just feels like that's what that song's about. Now this one's about stomping and this <laughs> one's a lullaby and then this one's like when you when you first sat down and created then you started putting together this album. I mean, did did you did you discuss an overall idea of what Emily was going to represent or it, it certainly doesn't suffer, but in in an era where a lot of albums are very thematic at the moment for children, a lot of people mm. have these overarching themes, you're, you are very song by song. Yeah, I mean, we definitely tried to have a, more of that in the second album, more of a, a, a journey, as it were. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, the first album, I mean, Who Is Emily Today was so early on. I mean, if you watch the video clips on YouTube, I mean, I didn't even have my costume sorted out by then it was like really one of the first things that we came up with as a concept um it was definitely the first video clip maybe apart from the Christmas one I can't remember the order but it was around the same time um and we had no idea what we were doing really but um yeah I mean I think it I think the first album we were sort of thinking about the concept of adventure Mm. and exploring and discovering and so you're doing that within Who Is Emily Today, but then on a bigger scale, I'm going to adventure around and discover what colours are there, or now I'm going to go on this counting adventure. So it was sort of like discovery um, and sort of that process, I think. Yeah, I think also um, it's all about the presentation, I think, with you as well. I mean, this is the thing that I find with the music is it is so huge in one aspect, but then you're so up close and personal. It's a really strange thing. It's like <laughs> watching you perform. I, don't, I found it really hard to put my, put my finger on. I was going, what, what is it about this? I'm becoming obsessed. <laughs> Astronaut flying into space. really considered for you isn't it you actually put a lot of thought into the way you're presenting that stuff not necessarily each and individual song but you've spent time really honing that way of being able to present to children um actually i, I mean just yeah. say yes just say you've worked really hard on it so <laughs> hours don't and hours have it. And hours. <laughs> it's because um, i'm lazy it's fine great um well i think i mean i think it comes back to that thing of what I learned with Jay's Jungle about letting go of things and just focusing on the communicating Mm. and always my best performances with Emily Who are when I'm not thinking about what is my pitch am I in tune Mm. what do I sound like and completely take away from that and and just think about it just think about okay what if my niece was right in front of me how would I sing it to her what if I actually was singing a, a lullaby to a baby who's actually going to sleep right now so for me I think and I also think a lot of it does come naturally. I think I am a bit of a child myself. So I think that I, you know, I, it, my husband often teases me for when we have big family events and I end up just hanging out with the kids more than the adults. I mean, once we had a big family thing and my um, brother and sister-in-law had come all the way from Bathurst. It's not like it's adults are irritating though. Um, well... <laughs> Uh, yeah, but no, they'd come all the way from, oh no, I think they were living in, in Dubbo at the time and I hadn't seen them in ages and I kind of walked in and went, oh, hi. And then nieces and nephews. And then I just, and Edward kind of, my husband had to kind of go, Hey, like, don't forget to like talk to your brother and sister-in-law who you haven't seen in ages. And I'm like, oh yeah. Cause I, I think I, I find it easier to talk to kids. And, and so when I'm performing, there's something in me, and it's help- this has helped me with my normal acting too, mm. but there's something in me that I just don't, I don't worry. I don't worry about what I sound like or look like. I can, I just completely am able to just be completely mm. free. Mm. 
and connect with the child and because I also know how important it is to make them feel valued and listened and not talk down to them or hip hip hooray it's my birthday today with my friends and my family and cake everyone will sing happy birthday to me it's my birthday hip hip hooray uh for me it's about that communication yeah and I think that I don't try too hard at it because then it wouldn't Mm. be as successful as it is I think for me I actually just have to let go and when we're recording the songs or when I'm performing live it's that of course there's still technicalities and there's you know I still have to reach notes and things but it's like the more I can let go of even thinking about any of that and okay this is the song that I'm singing this is what I want to say how can I how can I tell that truly to a kid (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, but it's there. I mean, and that's and that's. I think you saying that kind of brings me a bit closer to what it was. It it felt like it feels like, and and then it really comes across in the live and on the actual videos on YouTube and things like mm. that. Is this idea that, and it goes back to that Mister Rogers thing. Is is that there's an enormous thing behind you, but it's a bit like you're the calming thing just sitting at the front bringing the attention back to the calm because mm. the music is very big. It's really big and it's mm-hmm. quite elaborate and large and you can get quite lost in it. And I imagine as a, as a performer, let alone a singer, it would be a desire to just lose yourself in that and just mm. go nuts, you know, because it just begs for it. It's <laughs> begging for it, you know, yeah. um, because it does walk that real fine line of show tuny kind of stuff, you know. Mm. Um which I'm sure show tune people would love to hear. That's how I referred to it. Show tuny <laughs> stuff, but 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 you you always just bring it right back to this tiny element to the individual child that's in front. Mm. How much live stuff have you done, and how much harder is that when there's not one child in front of you? There's now twenty or thirty or fifty. Or has the mm. pandemic made it impossible for you to play any of this in front of children? Um, well, I've hardly I've hardly done any Emily Who live shows. Mm. Is the truth? Um, but I have found my way into other children's performing live. Not really this year. Um, so I did the Ask with Carols. Um, <laughs> um, and then which, just, which, you know, is single-handedly created one of the greatest children's Christmas songs. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thanks, Asquith. Um, uh, so I did that and then, uh, so then where are we in time? Yeah. So I, this year was supposed to be the year of live performance for Emily. Mm-hmm. I, I was working on a live show. I was accepted into a program at the Festival Visioni in Bologna in Italy. What? I know. To go and and it was kind of like an internship sort of deal. To go and I had to have a show prepared to perform in a preschool. Um, and I was going to be on a team of five other performers from around the world. I was the only Australian selected. And uh, so we were going to perform in preschools, but then we had to take that performance, write about what we'd learnt, present it to adults at the festival about who we were, what we do, what our practice is, what we're going to take back to our home country. Oh, no, and that's been cancelled? I made it to London on the flight from – so everything was – well, not everything was fine. It would be like 28 days later. It was like 28 – 28 hours later, you took crazy. off and you landed and it was just... Yeah, because when I when I left, Italy was fine. And then it was literally from me getting on the plane. I, I had already planned to go to London first. I wanted to go and see Stratford-upon-Avon where um, Shakespeare was born and I wanted to do a little bit of... Um, my family's got English history, so I wanted to visit those places, plus London. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, and go to heaps of pubs. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, and then what do you get to research where Shakespeare was from and all the pubs he went to? Yes, <laughs> it's, it's important, you know, it's part of the process. It's who time, me and you time, so many things to do time, laughing, learning, singing, playing, dancing, having fun. Come and spend some time with me, I'm Emily. It's who time, it's playtime. I got to landed in London to a bunch of messages from friends saying, um, have you made it to Italy yet? Maybe don't go to Italy. Oh, God. And then uh, the festival was cancelled a few hours later. Oh, so, no. I mean, 
Is it cancelled or postponed? Well, oh, they're not gonna have, I mean, yeah, I'm not everything's. counting my chickens. Yeah. I think it's it's. Uh, how did that? How did that fall in your? Was that a phone call? Uh, like, how did you find out about? So I had that? to apply to but, get. But to how part did program. you find out about it? Um, I think it was legit, like a a, a Facebook post <laughs> that I was scrolling through. So and then I also and it was amazing too because I actually got funding for it and it was like a big thing. I got to London. So I mean the happy side of the story is I then got time in London um, before everything got too crazy. I ended up in Berlin and all the museums were cancelled, uh, closing wow. and stuff. So that yeah. was when it got a bit scary yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. like, okay, you should go home. Yeah. Um, but I did do two performances in really? London preschools wow. while I was there because – Pure luck. First person I was staying with that I'd organised to stay with, one of her best friends works in a preschool. Yep. And this was not pre-organised or pre-discussed or anything. It was yep. just I was in a weird state of shock when the festival was cancelled. And she went, oh, you've got all your performance stuff here. Do you want me to ask my friend if they want a random <laughs> preschool show? And I went, yes. So I did that. And then I was staying on a friend of a friend's Oh, wait, friend of a friend's mum's uh, in her spare room. So a lady I'd never met before. <laughs> she took me in kindly when I didn't end up in Italy, in London, and she herself worked in a preschool. Wow. And she was like, oh, really? Like your children's band? And she looked on my YouTube and she's like, oh, well, I'll ask if they Because I don't have a lot. On a show. I, my understanding is there's not a great deal of stuff in England. Like I definitely not like it is here and how it is in the States. I think we're definitely... I'm sort of led to believe that it's quite a small community over there. One of there. the There's preschool teachers lot. didn't even know who the Wiggles were. What? I know. I, they, they, they kind of oh, went, did you get fired? oh, is that where those, oh, what are they called? Those, oh, that, oh, and they're colourful. Oh. And, and I was like, oh, yeah, and, you know, Emma Wiggle now. And they're like, There's a girl Wiggle? I'm like, oh, gosh, you've, where have you been? Um, and you work um, in preschool and not know that. Um, so, well, then going back to the question, how did you, how did that feel? Because oh, yeah. I guess the other thing is... There no, was a right, question. That's right. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I guess the thing is because the stuff's so elaborate, you can't walk on really with a band. That's just... There's, you you no. need 60 players. Mm. So One I'm day. assuming a lot of it is is playback. Mm-hmm. So what is that like when you can't do it to an individual child, you have to do it to 20? So I think that I really thrive in that environment because it's like that feeling that I was telling you about before mm. on overdrive. I just go, I'm connecting to all these little people. Yeah. I I have got enough kind of theatre experience of being able to respond to what happens. Um, I, I work with the Karingai Philharmonic Orchestra um, every year and do their kids' proms concerts. Oh, okay. And uh, I'm lucky enough to get complete freedom around writing writing a show. <laughs> so, um, so I write... Uh, and that's like introducing kids to the orchestra. And that I think really helps too because that's a hundred plus kids. Yeah. And I'm not singing Emily Who songs, mm. but I'm talking about yeah. complex ideas with the orchestra, but also connecting to the kids. And, you know, randomly kids will just yell stuff out. Oh, my name's Emily too <laughs> yeah, or yeah. whatever. And so you can, I think that I've done four of them, I think, so mm. far. And, and so that also gave me a bit of training, I think for the Emily Who stuff because I'm very prepped for yeah. it might all go pear-shaped. You, yeah, you got, I, I, think, um, I think one of the biggest mistakes children's performers always make is they think it was terrible because it didn't go the way they planned. Mm. But the reason it didn't go the way they planned is because the children were so engaged they took it in the direction that they wanted it to go in. And that's I, you, right. you've got to own that. You've got to own that and be able to use it because that's what they do. Yeah. That's what children do. And actually that happened to me. At the start of this year, a friend of mine was having a welcome to preschool luncheon Mm. um, and they got me in to perform. And I thought it was going to be, okay, pause the lunch, everyone come and sit down (laughs) and listen to Emily Who and dance around. Everyone sit down, sit down and listen. I was like the lunchtime, I was like the entertainment on the side. Yeah. And in my head, I'm like, I've got a plan. I've been writing a show. I've been putting it all together. I'm preparing for Italy, you know, and actually Sweden as well. <laughs> I as... got funding. Everyone sit down yeah, and listen yeah. to me. Um, and Sweden, I was also supposed to go to Sweden in oh May for another God. children's festival. So I had all these oh amazing goodness. opportunities coming up. Um, and then 
And then, so I went to this preschool being like, Emily, who's show? I'm, this is like a bit of a trial. I'm ready. And then I was kind of just on the side. I got there yeah. and they were like, oh, where do you want to go? Oh, we'll just, we'll just, there. Oh, just whenever you're ready. Where do you want to go? How about just here? You can't just, go there, um, actually. Cause we're yeah. Go. Oh, how about over there? Well, you can't go there because that's where they'll need to go through to the thing. And you're like, well, where can I go? And then it was like, whenever you're ready, feel free to just start singing. And I was like, and I have my ukulele. And, and I, so I thought, I'll do a couple of like, <laughs> Nursery like, rhymes and stuff as well, so it's not just yeah. unknown Emily who you know because it's hard when you you're singing songs. Oh, absolutely, know. and you know, no, totally, that that's, makes sense. But over here is a sand pit. Over here mm. is a bubble machine. Over here is a table of food. Yeah, yeah nobody yeah. wants to listen to Emily. Who is the thing they are listening? When, well, yes, that's the thing. This is true. This is true, and they were all very complimentary and had a lovely mm. time. But. Um, but for me, yeah. it was such a learning curve yeah. because I wanted kids to. Do yeah. the who with me, yeah, and yeah. I wanted kids to, you know. And I had a puppet, and I literally was going in people's faces with this cat puppet, <laughs> trying to be like, "Pets are great." Puddle, muddle, puddle, muddle. I don't want to pick just one. Puddle, muddle, puddle, muddle. Jumping in puddles is so much fun. And, you know, kid, and some kids obviously did respond and, and, you know, they were all very lovely and, and the food was delicious, so I'm not surprised that it had more attention. But a bubble machine on the other side. Oh, yeah, I no. was like, you got, no, at it's, least it's bring like it over if here. if someone turns up dressed as Elsa, then you're, you're you, out. And you're that's done. it, you yeah. Hope oh, maybe I should have done that, dressed as Elsa. <laughs> Bring got me someone in. else yeah. <laughs> dressed as Elsa just to stand behind you. Yeah. I'll just keep staring at you. Well, at you. one point I did bring the bubble machine over. I asked if, or or did I go over to it? But I made sure I was near that to do my song um, about swimming in the ocean. And so I was like, oh, well, if there's bubbles, then maybe the kids, but they just wanted to play with the bubble. Like, <laughs> so, so I went so home so very true. disheartened and I was like, I can't perform Emily Who Live. It's just, yeah, it's never gonna work. I'll just, I'll just record the songs and I'll make YouTube clips, but I just, you know, I'm good at live shows. I'm just going to like narrow I... it down to trips to Bologna and, and Sweden, okay? But no preschools, no preschools in the inner city. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> Jumping in puddles is so much fun. So many puddles, so much fun. So yeah, but obviously I then had reflection. But you got to, and, and that's the thing. I think people don't understand that with kids. Is I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. kind of. I think there's a there's a romance attached to this idea. But you said we see it all the time as a teacher. I would sort of get a lot of just bands in for the kids to experience stuff, and <clears throat> they would all routinely come up and say, "Oh, it's terrible." You know, the kids were just running around, and I'm like, "No, that's them listening. Like they loved mm. it. Like." Mm. It's, yeah, you just and and you just, I don't know. You really got to own that, you know, and, and yeah. understand that that is that's that's how it is. Um, talking about you know writing collaboratively, there's a couple of moments in your album which I'm quite, I personally am quite excited about because I think it's an art form that's kind of disappearing in children's music, and it's these little storytelling moments. Yeah, examples like Bingo Bunny's birthday music. Um, and it's just not really common, but it's a really beautiful aspect of that. It's a real connection that a lot of people don't do. I mean, was it just, is this you? Is this them? Who's who's coming up? Uh, they're my babies. Mm. I I well, was poetry. Feel yeah. I feel so strongly about that, and I'll tell you, it's because of Peter Coombe. <laughs> Because he did that on his album and that's what I grew up listening mm. to. And I remember loving it, like just loving those little storytelling mm. moments. And But, I mean, I also grew up listening to Peter and the Wolf and mm. all on like cassette tapes mm. and stuff. And 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 I think it is the, the actor poet in me as well that, that bringing children into poetry and, and that kind of thing early. But it's a nice way on the album as a whole, on both of them, we did it on both of them, to bring in, it's kind of like to introduce the next song. So on the new album we've got one that's about having a birthday and then we sing about birthdays. Um, And then there's one about feelings which brings us into being scared. Um, But for me, so it's got that. It's got the story part of it, like bringing the whole album together and connecting songs together and having little introductions. Um, But then, yeah, for me it's that poetry thing. So... I mean, I started, the song um, Colour My Way started as one of those. I kind of wanted it to be a long-form poem, mm. spoken poem mm. with music background. Mm. Um, 
So I think for me, they're really important. I pretty much always write them or Rob wrote the one about the beach on the new album, but um, mostly there I write them and I also help curate what the music is going to be yeah. like behind them because I feel so strongly about them. Well, the them. feelings one's really quite, I mean, on the outside it's so simple, but it's actually really, it's really quite beautiful and well played and well crafted, that song. Mm. Sometimes I feel happy. Sometimes I feel sad. Sometimes I feel grumpy. Sometimes I feel bad. Sometimes I'm excited. Sometimes I'm scared. Sometimes I am tired. Sometimes it's not fair. We all feel things. That's what we do. I can feel them. And so can you. I've only got a couple more questions and then I'll let you and then I'll steal this tea from you. <laughs> um, when we are allowed to go back outside and mingle positively with other people, what are you looking forward to the most with Emily? Who? Like what have you missed or what or what did you feel you haven't yet had a chance to really do that you're looking forward to really getting moving? Well, I think that opportunity to perform live um, because I haven't really. Uh, mm. So, it's, you know, getting, getting it out there is really challenging <laughs> um, and, uh, and I think, I think, I think I also really thrive on that. Like I was saying, mm. that that kind of live performance and and getting that instant feedback and that energy that I can really kind of just lose myself in it. And and I think I I was really pumped to have that experience this yeah. year and to also get it's that theater, training yeah. with with the with the internships with the festivals. And so I think that I'm I'm just really looking forward to that to to being able to do that and therefore grow myself and Emily who and mm. find out more about where that sits. Yeah. Um, as well as hopefully to introduce the songs to more people. Um, yeah. You know, because there's yeah, only so much that Instagram it. photos can do. Oh, totally. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I did get the um, oh, no. ABC Fresh Start Fund. As well, yeah, which was really lucky and amazing. So yeah. there's three songs that are about to be released through them uh, in November. So that'll be an exciting way to kind of yeah get more people because it's kind of interesting with the second album. I kind of it's a str- it's it was like there's always this natural growth between the two albums. You know, like they have the first one, you sort of and and, and you know the second one feels like it's a bit more solidified in who you are, like. Mm. Um, songs like Hot Hot Sand seem to actually stand out more, whereas it wouldn't have stood out as much in the first album because I think there's more of a, a there's a thing now, which is also quite common, you know, you sort of find yourself. But then it still wasn't a huge, um, it wasn't an enormous difference between the two albums in a really lovely way that what was still there was your your delivery, I felt the songs got bigger. And <laughs> yeah. then you, I know, like every then, song is, you just then you, keep going next one. But then conversely, you sort of got sort of smaller and into the microphone more, which sort of really just made it work. But, uh, but, but to, me as a listener, <laughs> to me as a listener, it felt like those two elements you all just felt more confident in. Mm. Wake up in the morning, put your swimsuit on and then you jump into the Like summer. Emily Who is a thing now, you know, it's, mm. it's, it's got its own life and um, it's one of the only things that I have done creatively where I don't have any, uh, in terms of that imposter syndrome back from yeah, Jay's yeah, Jungle, yeah. I don't, I, I actually just love it mm. so much. I love the songs. Mm. I love coming up with them. 
I love how they're created too. Like the hiccup song on the second album, I woke up with the hiccups. I literally did wake up with the hiccups and I was on my way to meet the team <laughs> and I had the hiccups. And Peter Bailey said to me, oh, you know, oh, you've got the hiccups. And I went, oh, yeah, I woke up with the hiccups. He goes, huh, that'd be a good name for a song. And then is, a yeah. week later we recorded that song yeah. and most of the lyrics were written of me and Peter texting each other lyrical ideas. Yeah. And... Um, and so for me, I think it's it's growing more confident because I feel so comfortable in it. Yeah. And it feels exactly where I'm supposed to be. Mm. Um, and I and I just yeah, I just really love it. And mm. so and it also doesn't feel like it's has any like, you know, it has to I have to achieve yeah, there's something. No, there's no urgency attached no, to it. No, it's just I really love it. I, I think that it's good. I think you know, we, we work really hard to make sure that the songs are things that are important for kids, mm. whether it's just being silly or whether mm. it's educational. Um, and we always test drive them. Now I've got a number of nieces yeah. and nephews. It's very handy. <laughs> we, we can go, please listen to this and <laughs> send me a video. or and Tell me what you think. Feedback. As long as you like it, though, um, yeah. I don't know if you're not into it. On saying that, I think my nieces and nephews, because they've grown up with Jay's Jungle and then Emily Who, they're kind of yeah. not desensitised. They always love it and they, you know, they love the new album and everything. But it's kind of yeah, my yeah, yeah. <laughs> my kids roll their eyes now when I say, "Come on, you got to come with me because I've got to go play this thing." And they're like, oh, "We don't want to come." Yeah, <laughs> like, we get to go backstage. We don't care. It's like, yeah, oh, right, fair enough. Um, yeah, I think I'm the only person that actually brings iPads. The kids to concerts and go, all right, sit over there. Go on, go and play Minecraft. <laughs> um, I I really like it. I think it's great. And I think there's some there's a real there's a real I don't know if sincerity is the word, mm. but there's a real there's a real honesty around and I think that is you. Mm. I think the music's wonderful, but I think what makes it work is you. I think your delivery, as I said, I was really quite taken aback at how connected I felt to the things you were singing to what, what I felt was me. Mm. Um, and that is really rare and it is really unique. So, um, you know, if nothing else, I'm quite grateful. So thank oh. you. Thank <laughs> you very much. Um, thank you. And thanks for taking your time today to fill us in on who, Emily, who is and does. See that? Well I'm, done. I'm over 40. Yeah, yeah, I got that in there. That's, yeah. that's the first time that anyone has ever made it, made any kind of joke around Emily who. So, <laughs> no, thank you very much. I really appreciate um, this whole experience and being able to talk about it. And it's amazing how much you also learn about yourself yeah. when you're asked a question and then you, you then have to talk and you go, oh, wow, I think it's this. And. And and what does it mean and why is it important and what am I doing with my life? We don't mm. do this with children's music and, mm. and the truth of it is it's probably more important than we do. Yeah. I don't know. I just think it's a, it's, it's a world we need to really dissect and yeah. pay attention to. It also feels like a big responsibility though. Mm. Uh, in my flute teaching, I've, I've you know, chatted with, with kids, you know, years after teaching them and then they'll say something like, oh, one day – you told me this thing and I've mm. never forgotten. And then I go, oh, my gosh, did I? What did I say? Yeah. Oh, my gosh, everything I say is, 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 might mm. be the thing that they remember. And what if I'm having a bad day? And I, yeah. you know, and I suppose that's parenting too. But I, but I, with children's, this stuff, I'm like, whoa, I have a responsibility in a way to, to make sure that I am reaching the kid and communicating yeah. something to the kid because they might, you know, like I mentioned Peter Coombe. I remember all mm. the words <laughs> to Peter Coombe yeah. songs and I'm not going to lie, occasionally yeah. I'll listen to a <laughs> Peter Coombe song because because for me it was so, and, and I think he's probably my greatest inspiration mm. because that that was what I listened to and, I you know, I liked his kind of silliness and then, mm. I don't know, there's something about that. But I think there's also a big responsibility around being committed to the things that you're saying mm -hmm. because I think what often happens is we say things and then or do things and go well they're just kids and we don't think much about oh. it but then but I think you need to you need to have confidence um, not to make it about me but I'll make it about me I did a version of Baby Shark on my first album before before 
before it came out on YouTube. Um, but I only knew the version I did at preschool and it ended with the word shark attack. Right. And it ends with like the, the shark singing and then they all go and then you sing the shark attack, dude, dude, and it's, and it's a shark attack and that's mm. how I heard the song and I thought it was amazing. Yeah. And I recorded it like that and somebody sort of grabbed me and said, you know, yeah, that's really kind of not cool that you've done that, you know, shark attack, you know. And I was immediately went, oh, God, yes, you're right, and sort of ran to delete it. But then sort of went, actually, I don't feel that bad about it, but I need to know why so the next person that asks me I can actually really confident because the other thing mm. is – you you can't just hand a child stuff because it suits you. Yeah. You need to you need to have the understanding that you can explain it if if you have to, if you have to or know that somebody can. Yeah, and I think that thing of, you know, oh it's just kids, like, oh it doesn't even matter, it's just kids. Mm. You, kids are the most important. They and and they are going to remember things. Like you you you're part of their formation as of a human mm. some of the things that you're communicating and so i think for me i take it really seriously yeah there's a responsibility they're also big, your biggest critics because if they're mm. not interested they'll turn it off or they'll say next or they'll or they'll say no i don't want to listen to this i want to listen to baby shark yeah, or if, whatever if if if, if yeah. they're not just sort of if they don't think you're genuine i think that's yeah. the other thing too if they yeah. don't think you're genuine they'll just not They're interested. not interested. Yeah. They'll pick it up a mile away. So I think that's something that I I do think about a lot when I'm creating stuff for kids is I really try and think about, okay, how how can I communicate it in a way that is going to be attention grabbing for them, mm. but also then also making sure that I've got the right message mm. that, that isn't, you know, that I that or that I believe in or that I believe is important for kids mm. to to know or to think about. And that includes the let's all be silly kind of thing, mm. you know. I think both both the more serious and mm. and the less serious. <laughs> yeah, totally. Absolutely. Mm. Um well that was an awesome sign off because I'd said thanks for coming and then we just had like 20 minutes of gold. Oh yeah, I just so realized that. that. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like <laughs> Um, um, so I'll do it again. Okay. Thank you. Oh, well, thank um, you for having me. <laughs> no, I mean, it's look at all. I, I mean, just to sort of, I, I, you can hear that responsibility in what you do. And it goes back to, again, what I've said repeatedly that my brain can't cope with is, is the way you present mm. your work. And, um, and I guess that is, it's a responsibility and you recognize that and that recognition brings with it. an obligation to do it right mm. and, and you can tell you can hear it you can mm. see it i think more importantly you can see it mm. i think you can see it in what you do and i as i said i love the music i think the music's great and it's fun and it's amazing and it's massive and it does my head in <laughs> um but in this chaos there's just you sitting at the front of it mm. um and it's incredibly engaging and it's incredibly calming and it's just really inviting and i think it's not common. It's really mm. not very common. So um, well, embrace it, love it and celebrate it. It's an amazing compliment because I think that is really what I, I – I think that it's just it – is, it is me, but I think that it is something that I've really strived towards doing with mm. communicating to the kids and, and being able to connect. So, um, so yeah, so thank you. I really, really appreciate that. And I better go make some more video clips <laughs> so that there's more of me <laughs> doing that performing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Screw the album. So, yeah. um, so, yes, so thank you very much for chatting with cool. me today. Thank you. If you'd like to know more about Emily, then you can head along to her YouTube page as well as Facebook and Instagram. And, of course, for more Benny Time goodness, head along to www.bennytime.com. Thanks for listening to me, Benny. Ask Emily questions. Oh,